Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. And that harkens back to, to President Biden's campaign vow to put the fossil fuel business out of business. Uh, I, I did not hear him say that. I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate. He said it. Dang it. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. What's a contract of adhesion? Well, it's, you know, it's there. Yeah, Yeah, you're going to say a lot of that. That's what federal... Court of Federal Claims does. What's a contract of adhesion? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sure. You look it up. Who's your captain? Howie Carr. So today, the Biden-Harris administration announced a temporary pause on pending decisions on exports of liquefied national natural gas to uh, to certain countries. And the other is energy. We're going to drill, baby, drill. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's... Howie Carr. 844-500-4242. That is the uh, number if you would like to join us. Dr. Matt Callahan is with us here as he is uh, uh, the last Friday of every month, and he's here to answer all of your questions. Anything you have uh, uh, questions, concerns about any of your pets, uh, Dr. Matt Callahan runs a uh, really great animal hospital. Uh, he's taken care of my pugs for a number of years, and he always does a great job. And uh, everybody who goes there uh, loves him and his staff. And uh, Dr. Matt, thanks for being with us here on the Howie Car Show. Thank you, Howie. And uh, and first of all, tell us where pe- where you where you uh, operate from and how people can reach you. Yeah, I run the Ipswich Animal Hospital on the Raleigh Ipswich line on Route One. And um, people can uh, call the hospital um, anytime, day or night, if they want their phone call answered. It's probably better to call in the day. Um, my number is 978-948-8189. Okay. And so we, you, can, you can take questions about anything. Uh, you've, <laughs> you've been can, at practice. I will accept questions about everything. I, I don't know if I will answer all those questions. But. Excellent. And if you can't get to a phone and you just want to text in, you can t- always text Howie to 617-213-1066. Text Howie to 617-213-1066. We also take a lot of uh, questions right off the uh, right off the text line. So uh, get on board now. And uh, Dr. Matt, I saw the story this week, and I you you knew I you probably knew that w- what my first question would be yes. for you involving the uh, the passing yes. of your uh, your your school. You went to the University of Georgia. The mascot passed, yes. and uh, PETA, as always, tried to make hay out of uh, out of a non-issue. Here. Yes. So t- why don't you tell people what happened? Well, um, Q was the. Uh, was Agaten, and he served as the mascot for... A beautiful dog. I think... A talented dog. Seven years, uh, 2015 to 2022, which is when he retired. Um, all the Uggas, um, you know, there have been bulldog mascots, I think, dating back to the 1800s, but um, all the Ugga mascots have been owned by 
um, the the Siler family and um, Sonny Siler, his wife Cecilia, now his son Charles, because both Sonny and Cecilia have passed on. So he's now the the gatekeeper for Uggas, and so the, and Uggas are it's an English bulldog. It is a white is, English bulldog. Yes, yes, as you would be. You know, I think George's original mascot was a goat, which I sort of just shake my head at. I'm like, what, on, what were they thinking? But they, apparently that was the case. So um, I, can't, I can't say what happened 130 years ago when they started having mascots. So, so Ugga, Ugga died. So right, right. That, yeah. well, so Q, they, they, Q was Q is the call name of this particular Uga Uga Ten. Um, there already is an Uga Eleven, which served as the mascot for this year at for this the fall of 2023. Um, so um, Q was already in retirement, and you know I have my suspicions that they knew he you know he wasn't you know super well. So, and I think he passed away in his sleep. Um, I think they live in Augusta or near nearby Augusta or Savannah. Yeah. 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 The, uh, and, and he, I think he passed away in his sleep. So I think the best way to get Dr. Matt to cry is let's keep talking about Q and uh, his death, but I'm willing to do it. So, but the, what, what I wanted to ask you about is what PETA then yes. decided to yes. uh, cash in on this by, yeah. by blasting a uh, flat nosed breeze, right. as they call them. Yes. So it's always nice to have, you know, when there's a little bit of time of grief is to have someone decide to pile on with, you know, with their ethical complaints about having English bulldogs. I don't know if it was that having English bulldogs as Georgia mascots, which is, you know, kind of bizarre considering their amazing care. The the Siler family in, in the University of Georgia gives these dogs. But um, I think, I don't know if they were just complaining about the term is brachiocephalic or pushed in. So Frenchies and, and Boston Terriers and Pugs and English Bulldogs. I, I think they may have been having a more general complaint about about brachiocephalic dogs in general. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing and I started looking into this and, and I just want to ask you one more thing before we go to uh, the phone lines at uh, 844-500-4242. I, I started reading up on after this happened. I started reading up on pugs, right. and I and I saw that that they they are now producing. They are now breeding what they call retro pugs that have more of a uh, snout. Have you seen this? Oh, absolutely. So I didn't know anything of it. You never told me about this. <laughs> I think I see them just as in happenstance, right? A, a pug comes in or a Frenchie comes in. And my comment is they're probably going to make not going to make the Westminster Dog Show, but they are going to be able to breathe. So, yeah, you do have, unfortunately, when you're breeding for a certain look, you know, you get some dogs with the really extreme um, cases of of their face being pushed in. And, and that can provide definitely some health problems in the breeds that have that. Mm-hmm. So, but apparently the pugs anyway, and probably the other breeds as well that you mentioned, uh, they used to have more of a snout. Right. If you uh, look at but, old ones, you see they have more yeah. of a face, yeah. And it didn't, uh, but it, did, it didn't take long. You know, like they've been working on bringing back the woolly mammoth or the Tasmanian tiger <laughs> for generations yeah. now. But it only took uh, less than 20 years to bring back what they call the retro pug with a with a, <sighs> a snout. Right. And, and I think there is a goal of, and I, I don't think it's, I think it's a justifiable goal, of you can breed if you want to you can breed hip dysplasia out of german shepherds and golden retrievers and you can breed breathing problems out of these brachiocephalic dogs and it's just a matter of desire do you really want to do you want to do it yeah 
That's 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 really interesting, though. That uh, and and again, Peter, it's like Peter going after saying you can't, you shouldn't eat lobsters because they're sentient beings of the seafloor. But you know, the thing is, the the biggest the biggest threat to to uh, little baby lobsters when they hatch out of eggs is the big lobsters, the sentient creatures <laughs> right. of the seafloor. So why should I be if they don't mind eating lobsters, lobsters? Why should I mind eating it's, lobsters? It's a lobster eat lobster world. <laughs> <laughs> And this is another case, you know. Yep. Where they just... Oh yeah, you know. I, sometimes I feel like, what's the church that comes out and complain? You know, pickets um, uh, funerals of soldiers. Thank you, Westboro Baptist. Yeah, sometimes I feel like that's the sort of the setup we've got here. So, <laughs> all right, eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Bob, you're next with Howie Carr and Doctor Matt the Vet. Go ahead, Bob. Hi there, guys. Bob. Um, I just have a quick question. We thank you so much. We uh, we have a dog goose that's about twelve and a half years old. That's really knuckling on his back yep. legs and yep. deteriorating, you know, posterior. But um, he's happy as a clam. Yeah. But he's but urinating um, and having problems. You know, going with bowels and yep. we just don't know what we're going to do at this point. So yeah. We're, so yeah. Yeah, so this condition, what kind of dog is it? Do you know what breed? Yeah, he is like he's a he's a shepherd. Shepherd. He's a mutt, yeah. What he is, but he's he's made up of everything, but he's terrific. Yeah, so, so um shepherds and goldens and labradors um suffer an age-related disease. Um it's called degenerative myelopathy in dogs. It's actually fairly closely related to um ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease in people. And what happens with these dogs is they start their spinal nerves start to degenerate. They start to lose the line, the insulation or the myelin around their nerves. And so their nerves start working poorly. Um, it just so happens that the nerves on the outside of the spine deal with proprioception, which is knowing where you are in space. So that's why dogs will knuckle because they don't know where their feet are. And as it progresses, it does get worse. It's a progressive disease. Um, here's the good news. It's not painful. Um, dogs can be happy and there's no real medication for it. There's a bunch of supplements that claim to help. I don't know if they really do. What I absolutely recommend for these dogs is to get them harnesses. There's a very good harness company called Help Em Up Harness and, uh, they make excellent products. And I was seeing a dog today that had a Help Em Up Harness for just this reason, he had degenerative myelopathy, and he was having trouble moving around, but tail still worked, brain still works, you know, still has that joie de vivre. And so I tell clients to go as long as you can with them. Um, you have to be careful because they can um, get lesions on their feet from scraping their feet, but otherwise they usually do okay. And, and was up. Uh... Are those uh, are those harnesses available uh, over the counter? Can you just yeah, order them on Amazon? Right, you, right. You don't have to. Yeah, help them up harness, and there's a few knockoffs you can buy on Amazon, and uh, they're really terrific. They have a bunch of. Um, they're like my backpack. Like half the half the straps on the backpack, I have no idea what they do, um, but that's they're highly customizable, and and they have a front end and a back end that sort of link up, and so that can really help you with like stairs. Or eventually the dog that has real trouble rising from a lying position, you have something that you can just help them up. I mean, and, and uh, it's a real, it's a huge benefit for them. And I've seen some of these dogs actually go into wheelchairs and do okay. When I started practice, I would have thought that was insane. But that's not the case that dogs, some dogs do terrific in wheelchairs. Yeah, you see, you see dogs walking around with, the, they're missing a leg or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. And they're on a... Uh, 
they're on like what amounts to a uh, a walker, yeah. right? Yeah, on their back legs anyway. Dogs are unbelievably mentally tough, you know. And uh, you know, I've had uh, you know amputations where the dog had just so badly injured the leg, and and they have dinner that night, you know. Like, Whatever, you know, let's get going, you know, let's get the day going. You know, they're very very mentally tough, and so. Um, but in the case of this, there's lots of things you can do. I, sadly, there's not a lot of medication, and it does eventually progress. Every dog progresses at a different rate, and at some point, usually, you wind up euthanizing them. All right. Okay, so if you've got a, a question for Dr. Matt, get on board at 844-500-4242 or text Howie to 617-213-1066. And Dr. Matt, where can people go if they need your uh, services during the week? Yeah, people can call me at the Ipswich Animal Hospital at 978-948-8189. I'm Howie Carr. The Howie Carr Show returns after this. The Emperor of Hate, Howie Carr, is back. Today's poll question is brought to you by Eden Rafferty, Attorneys at Law. To see what happened to my leg while having cryo performed to restore hyper-wellness, go to EdenRafferty.com, EdenRafferty.com. Taylor, what's the poll question? What are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at HowieCarshow.com, is who should be the new spokesman for Bud Light's $7 million Super Bowl ad campaign? Sam Brinton, Jesse Smollett, Pete Buttigieg, Maura Healy, George Santos, or Dylan Mulvaney? George Santos. He's in third, 17%. 18% want Mayor Pete, and 30% want Sam Brinton. Ugh. 508 says, highly recommend helping harness. Use the last six months of my Border Collie's life. Excellent. And uh, 774 says, is Dr. Matt taking new patients? Yes, always taking new patients and new clients. <laughs> All right. 844-500-4242. Uh, Bill, you're next with Howie Carr and Dr. Matt. Go ahead, Bill. Yes. Hi. How you doing, guys? Hi. Hi. So I have a one-year-old. Uh, Great Pyrenees mix. She's a mix with uh, husky and chow. Oh boy! And she's about seventy pounds. Okay. <laughs> uh, nobody really knows how big she's gonna get. They told yeah. us she might pick around eighty. Yeah. But Makes sense. My, uh, she wasn't really great with her uh, dog food, so I started making her some regular food, and I wanted to make sure that it's okay to give her like a. I cook her, like, liver with sweet potatoes, carrots, and apples and stuff. Right. And how much of that is okay? Yeah, you know, this is a tough one. Um, homemade dog foods, you got to consult um, the the powers that be to make sure it's a complete diet, especially in a growing dog, where if you miss out on any of the nutrients, the dog could have health problems. Um, yeah, so a one-year-old 70-pound dog is not going to get a ton bigger. And, and I think you're – I think – you're fairly accurate in guessing probably 75 to 85 pounds. I don't worry that much on dogs that are sort of finicky about their dog food because usually in the end those dogs wind up being very healthy. Um, if you want to consult, you want to consult people who know how to make dog food. And so the, the, the governing body for pet foods is a group called AFCO, A-A-F-C-O. And um, what they do is they'll give – 
I think they give helping hands for DIY pet food makers. Uh, so you're not giving too much of a certain nutrient or too little of another. Um, I, you know, I might guess that if a primarily a liver diet might be high in like vitamin A, which has a potential problem down the road if has, you're overdoing it. Dr. Matt, has there ever been a record of a dog starving to death when he had plenty of food? Right. And that's the thing is that's, you know, I hate and why I hate to tell this story, <laughs> but I will. I had a dog many, many moons ago and she was a real finicky eater. And I was getting frustrated because as a newly minted veterinarian, you're working about 85 hours a week. I might be understating that by a little bit. And uh, so I, I played a game with my dog, and, and sadly, the, the name of the game was called Eat or Die. But um, as a veterinarian, I was pretty certain she wasn't going to die. So I just put her, instead of trying to dress up her food, I, she had her own Parmesan cheese and cottage cheese and anything to get her to eat. And after a month of playing Eat or Die with her, she had lost exactly 0.0 pounds. And I, you know, then I had a Dawn Breaks on Marblehead moment that I realized my dog knew a lot more about eating than I did. <laughs> eating, you know, so I let her, I let, I trusted her after that. And if she didn't eat a meal, I didn't worry about it. We just fed okay. her the next meal. Thanks for the call, Bill. Kara, you're next with Howie Carr and Dr. Matt. Go ahead, Kara. Oh, Dr. Matt, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm calling about my pet bunny rabbit. All right. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do want to add, I have a Borsoi puppy dog, Borsoi, mm -hmm. and he eats raw, raw chicken, bones and all. Yep. That's his stuff. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't advise that. Yeah, I'm not a, I think the biggest problem with, with a raw food diet, especially a chicken raw food diet, you have to be very careful because salmonella is a bit of a problem, probably a bigger problem for you than oh. the dog. So, so you tell us about careful. the bunny. Tell okay. us about your bunny, Kara. Up to the bunny. Oh, thank you. Yes, well, this bunny I got about a year and a half ago, and my, my question, two questions. One is I cannot potty train him. And two is he won't let me hold him and cuddle. Right. So bunnies are, A, incredibly difficult to potty train. I have heard of bunnies being potty trained. But then you're dealing with the personality of a pet. So, I mean, there are dogs and cats that don't cuddle, and bunnies probably less likely to cuddle because they're a wild animal. So even the ones that are bred, you know, are still pretty wild. They're on the wild side. Yeah, I, I think, Kira, you'd be lucky to have a bunny that was either uh, housebroken or would cuddle with you. But I'll but guarantee you— for both of them is— yeah, Probably if if you happen. if you consult Doctor Google, I'm sure there's many uh, many techniques for potty training your bunny. All right, thank you, Kara. What's your number, Doctor Matt? If people need to talk to you, nine seven eight nine four eight eight one eight nine. We'll be right back. Give us a call eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. I'm Howie Carr. From the Matthews Brothers Studios. 844-500-4242. With us is uh, Dr. Matt Callahan. He's the uh, he's the vet of House Vet of the Howie Car Show. He takes great care of Roscoe. And, and you know, Roscoe goes to the Posh Pet Hotel in West Palm every day, every weekday, you know, for a few hours. Uh, so the mailroom manager can work in peace. And I'm down here in Newsmax Studios. And... You know, he has a good life at the Posh Pet Hotel, but it's nothing like Uga's life, is it? 
Um, Aga lives a really wonderful life. He does have some contractual obligations to take pictures with people and to sit in his air-conditioned doghouse at the football games. But uh, but uh, he's pretty well-loved, I think, and pretty well-cared for. Yeah, and he, and he has his own, according to the uh, some of the players, he has his own uh, hotel room. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. For yeah. home games, yeah. right? Oh, sure, yeah. And absolutely. So, yeah, he gets, well, he has to stay with his with um, with Charles, which is, I think, his caretaker or owner at this point. Um, but yeah, he gets his own hotel room. Yeah. And, yes. and he, you know, and he, and he quite often you'll find him at the vet school on home games prior to where he's taking pictures with people. So I, I love that some of the players even that, you know, who see him in the, uh, you know, on the field, they said, they said, do you people from PETA know that this guy lives a better life than most, most human <laughs> oh, beings it's, on it's, the planet? It's obscene how, how uh, wonderful he has it. So, yes. <laughs> All right, eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Doctor Matt, uh, he is. Uh, he, he, you can call him anytime during the week if you need his services. And his phone number is. Give it to us, Doctor Matt. It's nine seven eight nine four eight eight one eight nine. Okay, Scotia, Scotia, you're next with Howie Carr and Doctor Matt. Go ahead, Scotia. Hey, Dr. Matt, my old cat, Norton, when I got him, had all kinds of behavioral issues, and I adopted him at 16, and I thought I had him... <laughs> at 16? Wow. 16, yep. Yep, and I've had him almost a year, uh-huh. but he has this habit that he's developed over the past month or two. He'll, like, climb up, try to be in my lap, and he's purring. So I start to pet him, and he growls and gets really agitated. Yeah. And then he just growls while he's purring. Right. I don't know. Is he senile? Yeah, you know, I think I think you might be right. He might have some um, senility issues. Um, they do go into cognitive decline as they age. And, of course, now you've got a, a very old cat. Um, yeah, I think. And also there are some cats, just to be wary of this, is some cats have a condition called hyperesthesia syndrome where they, if you actually touch them, it's actually painful to them. And we always used to think they were just kind of salty dogs there. But if you do actual brain studies on these cats, they actually are feeling pain. So, um, you know, obviously I think you just got to be real careful because, of course, they can scratch you and even a scratch from a cat can be can be serious so you just want to be very careful about it and and um and try to uh, try to gauge how he's going to be when he gets near you what what are you talking about yeah i was just going to say it's the same thing with the president of the united states he suddenly starts randomly (laughs) screaming yeah Yeah, think about what you think about (laughs) i think that was scotia's cat thanks for the call scotia uh, Rachel, you're next with Howie Carr and Dr. Matt. Go ahead, Rachel. Uh, hi, Howie, and hi, uh, hi Dr. Matt. Uh, I have a six-year-old Corgi, and he's developed an anxiety to the washing machine. Oh, okay. So when I start the washing machine, he runs off and hides or yeah. to go outside and hide under a bush. Yeah. Um, I put him in uh, a little play area to make him feel safe. Yeah. I'm wondering if they, I don't want to put him on medication. Okay. I'm just wondering, Yeah. is there, do those, uh, those little vest things help? Yeah, they can. Um, yeah, they're, they're sort of like weighted vests. Um, I have had people say they help. I've had a number of people say they didn't help, but it, the only way you're going to find out is to give it a try. What I would think though, however, is that washing machines and refrigerators, they can make pitches of noise that 
we cannot hear but they can hear. So I would be real careful about trying to, uh, you know, if it's a pitch that's really just piercing to them, you may have no idea that it's going to happen. Years ago, I had a dog that was, uh, the, it was having a seizure disorder, and the client said, you know, my dog always seizures in the kitchen, and it's always when the refrigerator compressor is on. And I said, well, you know what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so she came to me about six months later and she said we bought a new refrigerator and his seizure disorder has resolved. Yeah. So, Rachel, is this? do you have a new washing machine? Is this could be one yeah, of these right. electronic machines rather than the old style Maytags that we all grew up with? Do you have a new one or an old one? Do you know? It's an, it's an old Maytag. That's, it's like 10 years old. And yeah. I've been trying to get my husband to get rid of it. And he keeps fixing it. Well, well we know, all know who the problem is now, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would actually, you know, if you can, get a new washer, I would get a new washer because I think it may be a sound thing. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Rachel. Diane, you're next with Howie Carr and Dr. Matt. Go ahead, Diane. Hi, Howie. Hi, Hi. Dr. Matt. Um, so my brother had a Wheaton Terrier, and they were best buddies. And, you know, took him for two walks a day, made him eggs in the morning. All right. And then my brother, after, when the dog was about three, my brother passed away. Mm -hmm. So the dog is now biting men. Any male, he bites. He gets really angry and just grabs, like, hands or your side. Okay. With no warning, just runs up and bites. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know whether he's traumatized from losing my brother or yeah. that's just that type of dog's demeanor. Well, I mean, it definitely, you know, Wheatons underwent a name change a couple of years ago. They're not called Wheaton Terriers. They're called Wheatons. But sometimes they're the most Terrier Terriers ever. So um, sometimes I think they should be called Terrier Terrier Wheaton Terrier. And terriers, why, why did they get rid of the name Terrier? You know, Britney Spaniels are now Britney's. Beagle hounds are now called Beagles. So, it, I don't know. They want to up up market them or something like that, I guess. I don't quite get why they people do the things they yeah, do. Yeah, like dogfish became, <laughs> what, Chilean sea bass, <laughs> yes, I believe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, it's a marketing thing. But I think, you know, Wheatons are really cool dogs. I really do like them a lot. And, uh, and people that own them really love them. I think in this case, I mean, you can use, I would probably think if he's biting people at this point, I would bring him to a behaviorist, see if they can help. There's there's a book called From Fearful to Fear Free that you can read and maybe try a few of those things. So you can try, but you can also try um, supplement, calming supplements, which I don't think are probably going to be enough for this dog. And then there's pharmaceutical medications, so like um, uh clomipramine or trazodone or an afrinil or any one of a number of these uh, behavior modifying drugs and then there's muzzling like put a cage get them trained to get a cage muzzle on them because you don't want them biting biting people and hurting them i mean that's the quickest way to lose the dog thank you thank you diane good luck 844-500-4242 steve you're next with howie carr and dr matt go ahead steve hi howie and dr matt uh, I have uh, a mix, just over two years old, uh, about 80% American Pitbull, American Staffordshire Terrier, and Boxer with some Chow Chow and such mixed in. Very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, to all appearances, very healthy. Uh, eats everything uh, she's given. Uh, we have a very careful diet for her. But uh, recently, let's say in the last couple of weeks, she has become 
having these uh, uh, fits, if you will, of huffing, coughing, gagging, as if she's trying to spit up a handball. Right. And uh, it'll last for a few seconds to 15, 20 seconds. Uh, they appear to be increasing in intensity and duration. We saw our, uh, we saw uh, a vet for her uh, this week for that. Right. And uh, he uh, he didn't he didn't have any idea what might be causing it. Suggested it could be something with her lungs and suggested uh, an X-ray for that. Right. Uh, and he also suggested a uh, bronchodilator, uh, theophylline. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hesitant to uh, uh, go to the uh, the drug right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know she has a sensitivity to chicken. We've taken her off chicken months ago. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, anything with milk products because okay. that was giving her some blood in her GI. Yeah. So, any ideas? Well, I mean, I, this is a toughie because, you know, a lot of dogs have these coughing issues and We've been seeing a lot of dogs with these mild upper respiratory coughs for that the dogs may have for weeks or months. Um, they're not testing positive for any of the the usual suspects with regards to upper respiratory disease in dogs. So you have to be careful of that. Um, certainly, there's other things too that you, I would be a little wary of. I'm not sure that I wouldn't take this dog. You're living. You're in Waltham. Is that true? Reading. Yeah. Okay. Reading. So nearby is like Mass Massachusetts Veterinary Referral Hospital. That's might be a place where you want to go. And did you t- did you take the X rays? Did did you decide to do that or? No, we've uh, uh, it just began getting worse about uh, two three days ago. Okay. Yeah. I think week. I think this dog's a workup. Yeah. Blood work, X rays, you know, and then you know possibly something like a CT or an MRI if you if we're if they're not finding stuff on the routine the routine workup but i definitely think um i definitely think he needs to get worked up all right good luck steve 844-500-4242 dante you're next with howie car and dr matt go ahead dante hey dr matt i have a four-year-old golden dude a four-year-old golden doodle named melania she's a really sweet dog go ahead we lost him we lost dante call (laughs) <laughs> was it, was, Eight, four, was you know what it was <laughs> yeah you know what it was someone said the, the cure of the bunny call was a uh was a joke call but i don't think that was a no joke i call. think but melania might be the tip off that we might have eight four four five hundred forty two forty two being back on newsmax we're getting more of these uh prank seminar type callers <laughs> eight four i don't know what it is they're coming out of uh air, different areas it's that, challenging no, taylor to recognize them early thank you you, you <laughs> taylor you caught him faster than i did eight four four five hundred forty two forty two so who was the uh who's the uh, uh what's the number to call uh, dr matt if people want to uh your services yeah the people week? can reach me at the ipswich animal hospital and my number is nine seven eight nine four eight eight one eight nine all right great we'll be right back with some uh, final calls for dr matt the vet i'm howie carr if you missed any part of the show, we've got you covered. You know what, guys? This could be a podcast. Subscribe to the Howie Car Radio Network on your preferred podcast platform and start listening to previous shows and exclusive podcast-only features. Huh, it's actually not a bad idea.
You're listening to the Howie Car Show. 844 500 844-500-4242. We have full lines here. We're going to try to take as many as we can. If we have one or two left, can you stick around afterwards, Dr. Matt? Absolutely. Okay, what's your phone number if people want to call the Ipswich uh, Animal Hospital? They can call me at 978-948-8189. All right, 844-500-4242. Bob, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Bob, and Dr. Matt, the vet. Go ahead. Hey, Dr. Matt and Howie, thanks for taking my call. Uh, so I get a two-year-old male cat that has gingivitis. Right. Uh, doctor put him on clindamycin, yep. I believe it's pronounced. Sure. Um, didn't get rid of it entirely. Right. Other than brushing his teeth um, before he starts losing teeth. Is there anything I can do? Yeah. So gingivitis is a big problem in cats that there seems to be some genetic component. So we'll see, you know, and this is a very young cat to have gingivitis. So, um, this may be a lifelong problem. Um, so at least right now, um, clindamycin seems to make sense. I certainly think teeth cleaning makes sense if you do it at home, and eventually a veterinary professional will do it. Um, but you can use like a gauze, and they do actually make you know cleaning toothpaste for cats. It sounds crazy, but they do. And you can put it on a gauze and sort of rub the outsides of their upper teeth, which is where the vast majority of their gingivitis happens. This can develop into a really serious full-mouth uh, inflammatory condition called gingivitis stomatitis. And... So your cat may go on many different drugs, including prednisone and clindamycin. And eventually, you know, if the worst, in, in a worst-case scenario, your, do- your cat winds up losing its teeth, which, believe me, I've had a, a clinic cat where we had to take all her teeth out because she, her, she was just miserable. Um, she was a markedly happier cat without her teeth. And of course, she was like 12 or 13. Oh. But, but, um, but this is a very, very difficult issue, and it's, you know, and it's called gingivitis stomatitis. So um, let your vet sort of guide you through what they want to do. There's sort of a whole game plan that you can do. But I would say clindamycin makes sense. Teeth cleaning makes sense. There are some oral washes for cats that make sense. But there's a slew, and I mean a slew, of drugs being used for this. Thank you, Bob. Sam, you're next with Howie Carr and Dr. Matt. Go ahead, Sam. Hi, Dr. Matt. Hi, Howie. Um, thanks for taking my call. I have a question regarding... Um, vaccinations or immunizations for senior level pets yep. and um, just wanted to know your take on if their immune systems um, as they get older is it something that uh, are you seeing like a lot of different cancers that could show up specifically with like the rabies vaccine so is this uh, a dog or a cat that you're worried about uh, this is a dog okay so with with regards to rabies vaccine i have never see, gotten any bit of paperwork or any bit of communication from the Department of Animal Health regarding rabies vaccine. Rabies vaccine is a public health problem, and so it's dealt with separately than other vaccinations. Um, To be honest with you, there are some cases, especially in cats, where they were getting um, these injection site or vaccine site uh, sarcomas. I don't think I've really ever seen it in a dog, although I can't promise you that it doesn't exist. But rabies is a public health thing, and so you get very little latitude from the state and I, I have to say, nor should you, because, you know, rabies from dog to human has basically been eradicated in Massachusetts. And one of the reasons is that people vaccinate their pets. So, 
Thanks for the call, Sam. Lisa, you're next with Howie Carr and Dr. Matt. Go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a seven-year-old Siberian Husky that we rescued uh, a year and a half ago in November, and she weighs 75 pounds. Mm-hmm. She was a lot bigger then, like like 90 pounds, yep. female. And since the day we got her from the family we rescued her from, she suffered from severe skin allergies and reactions mm-hmm. in, like, the folds of her legs underneath, yep. Yep. her belly side underneath, and by her what I call private area. And so we literally go to the vet every month. They put her on Apoquil. They put her on antibiotics. They've actually just started her on a sh- – they started her a little while ago on a shot. Um, Cytopoint probably. Don't have- exactly. And not- And then we also got some powder that they sp- we can now sprinkle on her. Right. Um, and none of it is helping. And she's yeah. not a dog that sits in the wet. She's more of an indoor husky. Yeah. Because that's how she grew up. She was yeah. left alone. So she's I- more of an indoor but there's nothing that's helping her. So, what okay. are we- so try, if there's the one thing I would say, try just, you know, and this is obviously just based on this phone call. If it's in the folds of her legs, I would, I would ask your vet to just check them for a yeast infection. There's a, there's a yeast called malassezia that affects the skin of dogs. And quite often it's in their armpits or their, or their, you know, um, their tail under their tail between yep. their back legs so try that but also at some point you're going to go see a dermatologist so start looking dr matt can you hang on and talk to johnny about black lab worms I and can. give us your give us your number one more time 978-948-8189 thank you dr matt have a good weekend everybody i'm howie Carr.